Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, and welcome once again to History Dweebs. I am Tim, and thank you for joining us today. Today, the topic of our podcast is the uh, death of Bob Crane. It's an unsolved mystery. Bob Crane, of course, best known as an who's an actor, best known for his role in the t- hit TV series Hogan's Heroes back in the late 1960s and early 1970s. He was murdered back in uh, June of 1978, and that case remains unsolved. So we're going to talk about um, Bob Crane and his uh, demise. But before we do, uh, let me introduce our panel. I'm joined, as always, by the very lovely and talented, the Queen Amin, the mistress of the macabre, uh, the most uh, feminine person on this podcast. That would be... That's accurate. Yeah, that accurate. thank you. Uh, well, you know, sometimes the colonel. <laughs> well, sometimes he gives me a run for my. And he wears a pink sure. shirt. Pink shirts. Um, He's comfortable. Yeah, and that is, of course, uh, pill popping, penis loving, Satan's dirty little secret, Brandy. How are you today, Brandy? I am good, Timmy. How are you today? I am well. How was your weekend? Uh, my weekend was all right. Got to see some family and. You know, gossip about other members of our family that weren't there, so that was awesome. That's good. You know, that was quite um, it was quite a stir on our Facebook page, the History Weaves the podcast page. If you're not a member of that group, please join us. But there's it's of, free. It's free. <laughs> history Weaves the podcast. Most history, most Facebook pages are free, Colonel. Um, but, you know, the, people were trying to guess your middle name, and um, mm-hmm. you revealed that, of course, of course. Uh, in the, our last podcast. And your middle, last middle name, or your middle name is Vinay. 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 And there was a lot of guesses, and uh, all of, but uh, we did have one person get it right, right? We did. All right. We That's did. Awesome. That's very exciting. Uh, Who got it right? I, I want to give a shout out to. Um, I want to give a shout out to my aunt Beverly for staying strong. Oh, does she listen to a podcast? She does sometimes. I think she knows okay. enough. She knows enough to tell my dad that he doesn't need to listen, and she also knows enough to say, you know, sometimes they're a little vulgar. So I assume she listens sometimes. Yeah, I assume she's listened at least once. Yeah, if if this is your first time joining us and um, you really don't like vulgar, vulgarity, 
Is that a word? Not the word thing for if you. If you don't like vulgarity, loosen your ass up and go somewhere else. All right? And we're really, back when we, you're ready we're, for yeah, it, our podcast are, is, is explicit, so uh, we're probably, you know, not the podcast for you. We, we it, talk about lesbianism a lot, but it that's was, because... It was Diane Trowbridge. Yes, Diane got the... Diane, Diane got it right. My name. Diane got it correct. She did. 40, Thank you, Diane. 42 years, nobody's gotten it right. But Diane did. Uh-huh. Yes. And it has a little accent on it. Nobody and I know, even though you're not Hispanic, you shouldn't be allowed well, to use that. you know, the Hispanics are not the only ones that well, use the accent. Well, the French. Well, are you French? I don't know. Could be. Well, Renee has an accent above her name. But her, no, I she, like Renee. She's a nice lady. What? The but she's fuck? got it. No, I don't mind Renee. I mean, Renee is a <laughs> Renee has a lot, brings a lot of strength. She has a lot of strengths, and she's a good person. But I mean, if you're going to, so that that's one little black mark against her. But I'm willing to overlook that. Whereas you, are you? You give her? Are you? <laughs> Yeah, well, let's admit you've you've got you've got some demerit. You've had some demerits in your life. I've had a few demerits in my life, which has nothing to do with my. And Renee, Renee is saintly, so we're going to give Renee, Renee a pass. Saintly, but she spells hers like a man. R e n e with that little hyphen thing over the top of it. Well, maybe it's she's not a hyphen. Identi- maybe she is self-identified. It's she an might accent, be. you dick. It's not an accent. Yeah, that's what it is. Accent. Little little marky. A little marky thing. Yeah. So, but that's but it's all. What the hell? But but but, Renee, the, but, but yeah. the uh, the you're, you were named after your grandmother. I was named after my and grandmother. She perished. Uh, she her her death was untimely. She was mm-hmm. yeah. murdered. Right. She was. That's, Terrible thing. I sure. wish we knew more information about it so we could do a podcast on it. Yeah. Well, we should look it up. Yeah. I mean, she, you don't have much details on it, do you? Uh-uh. No. Actually, one of our listeners, Charlie. It was um, never, never saw. Mm-mm. Charlie just sent me, a th- uh, sent me a thing saying that she'd found an article about it. Really? Like one article. And so awesome. she was going to send it to me, so I appreciate Charlie, that. Charlie. Yeah. Charlie is awesome at research. Charlie's She's, like a detective. Yeah, she really is. She's Maybe a, she should write our scripts. Charlie. Hey, listen. Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie does a great job. Charlie would do a good job, script. but she's very busy with her own podcast. But there's nothing wrong with our scripts. I'm it's the people who read them. If you enjoy the English language. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nobody's going to mistake you with Bill Shakespeare anytime soon. Well, I, you know, as long as they don't think it's just like copy and paste from Wiki, I'm fine. No, it's not that. No, it's not that. you got to admit. But I do research, real research. You research your shit pretty well. Thank you, Colonel. It's just your thoughts tend to get a little scrambled when you're putting it to paper. Well, you know, they meander. His thoughts meander. (laughs) Yeah, they do wander a little bit. Okay. So, uh, Brandy, I'm glad you're here. Are you? Uh, I am. Because it doesn't appear so. No. Are you getting the distinct? Are we going to make the announcement? Nobody's really happy. The announcement. Yeah, about later this month. Sure, make it. Well, you're going to be gone. Oh, I am going to be gone, yes. You're going to be gone for a few weeks. Uh-huh. We're going to try to do as many podcasts as we can before you leave. Yes. But time being what it is, it's difficult to do sometimes. Yes. So there may be a few podcasts without you. So sorry. Yeah. yeah we're going to do as many as we can. But this out, is but. something that um, could be avoided, so um, be patient with us. So it's me and this guy. This guy. This guy is. <laughs> Are you going to introduce me so I can talk? Well, I'm just going to say, it's not going to be as 
good. There'll be a few weeks when we won't have the, the uh, quality bio- programming. Well, we won't have your. I mean, part of the show that makes I think works is the having the interaction between you and this guy. And we're not going to have that. So when did I become a pro now? Just I'm, look, I'm being nice to her while she's oh, okay. she doesn't okay. listen to a podcast. So we'll do the high level yeah. stuff. Yeah, we'll do the highbrow stuff. Oh yeah, you guys are very we'll, highbrow. We can do some intellectual things. That's exactly. what you're known as intellectual highbrow kind yeah. of guys. So yeah. let and, me let and, me introduce you. Should before. we? And, and I hope. Go ahead and introduce me, okay. and I'll, I'll speak properly. Okay, let me introduce uh, a man who really needs no introduction, but. Um, we're we'll giving one anyway. He is uh, a, the most dangerous man in podcasting today. The very honorable Reverend Colonel Charles Beauregard Hawkwaters III, affectionately known as the Southern Gentleman. How are you today, Colonel? I'm wonderful today, Timmy. I had a good weekend. I got some shin splints. My wife took me out, made me walk a bunch of hills and stuff. Did she walk you this weekend? You guys did walk in. Good. Um, and and I just do. How many say steps did you get? Um, I think I was like at fifteen thousand. Not so as many as you, marathon not, man. Yeah, I don't know what you got going on. I mean, it's, it, it's like you're homeless and shit, just wandering the streets. <laughs> I, I did. I had twenty. I walked a marathon over the weekend. You're a fucking Forrest Gump. What do you think? I really, you know, I really thought I was thinking that. Except you ran. <laughs> Whatever. But yeah, I was thinking that. I thought, you know, uh, if Forrest just Gump keep did walking, it, you can do it. You know, one time, yeah, Timmy, but uh, you know, I like just keep swimming. You guys haven't watched Nemo, probably, but well, that's what it is. I got a hold of, uh, yeah, I, but you know, I, I, I was telling you, I mentioned earlier that I just got to Fitbit last week, and you know, I'm challenging my friend Sherry, and we got all these challenges and stuff going on, but you know. It's not good for Fitbit. Really, is not good for someone with OCD, man. I mean, no, because like, you got to pass what you did yesterday. Yeah, and then it's like eventually you just fall over dead. So, but I mean, yeah. you know, well, but it was it was a nice gift from it was my a nice gift from my mother. Daddy got you a Fitbit. Yeah, she she love her. Yes, she's doting on me. Well, and we Daddy the doter. Glad somebody is. Yes, and I just want to mention, um, and and I know we have our squabbles on the air, and obviously yeah, we have our squabbles too. But I really do hope that this uh, penis removal surgery you're having goes well. Yeah, and uh, you know because because uh, I'm not having. You mean brandy? Brandy, brandy. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna it? I'm gonna continue to keep mine if you don't mind. No, you keep yours, but yeah. brandy is. Well, I'm is, donating it to you, so hopefully <laughs> well, that to the needy <laughs> that'll help you out. <laughs> I'm a I am. They I'll said, be swinging to you know, Demi. <laughs> well, I mean, you had you were on you know micropenis.com <laughs> where we got your name, yeah, and well. so I said, you know what? There's a man in need right there. That's yeah, it's very nice of you, Brandy, to you know be an organ donor. <laughs> and it, it, he, he damn near has a vagina. I thought I'd help him out. My parents always wanted me to be an organ donor, but they wanted me to do it while I was while living. You living. Yeah. Well, so, so you're going to be having some type type. You don't. We won't call it surgery. We'll call it a procedure. A procedure. Okay. Just having a procedure. Yeah. That okay. will remove your penis, and they'll put it on the colonel. Sure, if we're going to go with that. Sure. Okay. And uh, the colonel apparently, you're not going to be out at all. So it must. They must just. You know. They're just going to staple it. Super glue. They super glue it. Yeah, it's super glue it. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Let's get into um, the topic. <laughs> Before we do, I'd like to give a shout out to our sponsors. We'll get into the, we'll get into the colonel's, colonel's shout out later. Uh, colonel shout outs later, but let me get a quick uh, shout out to our sponsors. Michelin uh, from Patreon.com. If you would like to um, contribute, 
to the po- podcast, uh, you can do so by visiting patreon.com slash history dweebs. And we have merch. I don't think that we have, like... Yeah, we haven't pushed it. But if you go to our uh, Facebook page, you can find merch. Get your T-shirts, your cups, your... uh, Koozies. There's all kinds of stuff. Adult marital aids. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. We got the the history dweebs dildo, Tim. Yeah. Yeah, it's outstanding. Mm -hmm. It's a rubberized version of Chuck. Mm -hmm. Well, not quite. Because maybe you're right for anal probing. (laughs) (laughs) Not his penis, just Chuck. Oh, oh, I see. Just Chuck. It's like a little statue. Because I am a Like Oscar. Soon my book on uh, relationships will be out. Oh, no, Dr. Phil, it will not. And uh, try to teach some... Because so many people getting divorced. Are you trying to say we have some dysfunctional folks on our page? We got some fucked up people on that page, Timmy. I mean, yeah. do you ever go to the page? And you're going to hell. And I love everyone. I'm going to hell. I mean, I, there's some people I think I could give some some. There's guidance not to. anybody you could give guidance to. Ever. I love everyone on our page. They're so fun. They're really. That's the best part of this whole, doing this whole podcast. Well, so if you would like to join it. the merriment, please do so by checking us out on History Dweebs. The podcast group on Facebook. But I want to give a quick shout out to our um, contributors on Patreon Alicia, Chip, Bridget, Cindy Lou, uh, Andy Hap, and Chahara. Thank you very much. Yay. We really appreciate it. We cannot say thank you enough. And if you, like I said, if you want to contribute, uh, go to patreon.com slash history dweebs. And um, doesn't matter how much you give, even if it's a dollar. Just a wee bit. A wee bit. We Just a wee really, bit. We really appreciate it. It helps cover the cost of this podcast. Um, so let's get into Bob Crane. Um, for those of you who are a little bit younger, uh, you may not remember Bob Crane. Bob Crane was an actor, and um, he was on a hit TV series called Hogan's Heroes, and it was about... Uh, it was a comedy. The really funny, funny premise of... Yeah, being in a concentration camp. Well, no, it was a prisoner of war camp. POW in, camp, POW yeah. camp in Germany. But in Germany. It, it was a very popular TV show. But um, he um, was on that show for six years. It ran six seasons. Uh, and um, he was the star. He played uh, Colonel Robert E. Hogan. Uh, Here's a funny thing about that show, Timmy. Mm-hmm. Uh, little known fact. Of course it is. While they did have, while Colonel Clink, you know, he was definitely afraid of the SS. Yeah, they, they would mention the SS. Not once did they use the word Nazi. On, oh, really? On that series. Yeah. Not one time did they use the yeah, word Nazi. Yeah, it was Nazi. kind of, um, I mean, this was, uh, this was, came, I mean, this was about 20 years after the war, so it wasn't that long yeah, ago. Yeah, it wasn't I mean, that long after. after the war, yeah. So, anyway, um, after the series ended, he had some other. He took on some other acting roles and um, and some on, other acting roles. Yeah, he had. <laughs> yeah, we'll get into his uh, interesting hobby proclivities. Yeah, on June 29th, nineteen seventy eight, uh, Bob Crane was found bludgeoned to death in his Scottsdale, Arizona apartment. A murder that remains officially. Unsolved. So we're going to talk about. We're done. That. No, <laughs> no, there's a lot to go on, goes into this. But let's talk about his early life. Robert Edward Crane was born on July 13th, 1928, in Waterbury, Connecticut. He was the second child of Alfred Thomas and Rosemary Crane. His older brother, Alfred John, was born on May 14th, 1926. So he was two years older than Bob. 
They were of Irish and Russian descent, uh, and uh, Bob Crane was raised in a traditional Catholic household. Around 1930, when Bob was two years old, the family moved to Stamford, Connecticut, and um, would spend most of their lives there. They did live a few years, a couple years in Poughkeepsie, New York. Poughkeepsie? Yeah. We had a story on the Poughkeepsie Strangler uh, in the mid-1930s. But they lived in Stamford, Connecticut, most of Crane's youth. When he was 11, uh, he was inspired to play the drums by watching Gene Krupa at the 1939 World's Fair in Flushing, New York. Have you ever been to a World's Fair, Colonel? I have not been to a World's Fair, Timmy. That seems like it would be kind of boring to me. I'm not. I, you know what? Well, what are they going to come out with now? But once, once to me, once they, once the internet came along, you don't really need anything else. My mm. last year, my wife Tanner was spending the summer studying. But well, I don't know. Aren't we supposed to be having moving sidewalks by now? And jetpacks. And jetpacks. And jetpacks. Jet yeah. and, and so my wife's in Ireland, and she's like. She's going to Ireland because Lo- Tanner was Tanner was spending the summer right, studying. Right. And I said, you know, every, everything I want to see in Ireland, I can just look up on the internet. Yeah, yeah. it's to to almost the same. Yeah, I, but you know what? I, I I feel your pain in a way because uh, the internet has made the world a small place, and I, you know, it had it, it used to be, you know, you could it, going traveling things were more exotic, but now. Yeah, uh, you go in line. Everyone, you know, you, you know, everyone, their brother. Goes, yeah, yeah. The world is much more than it used to be. Anyway, Crane began playing drums um, in junior high. He was organizing a local uh, uh, band. He played in the local drum and bugle parades with his neighborhood friends. He excelled at music and drums while in school. He joined the marching band and a jazz band and an orchestra. So he was he was a band geek. He was. Many of his friends and classmates uh, recalled he was never seen without his drumsticks. And he had a happy, uh, sunny, happy, outgoing personality. And it kind of, sh- you know, it kind of, uh, you can kind of see that in his, in his TV roles. Um, he seemed like a very likable guy, I thought. Um, during his teen years, Crane took drumming lessons in New York City by notable big band jazz drummer William Randolph Cozy Cole. Cozy Cole? Yep. I don't know who that is. You know who it is? I don't know who Cozy Cole Of is course he knows who it is. And I bet he has a story about him. I'm, I do have a story what about Cozy. I wonder if he's related to Celine Cole. Or Nat King. Or listen. Um, well, actually he had this unique style of drumming to me and, mm-hmm. and he was the one that... Um, this is my fault. I'm sorry. It, it, they, Neil Peart the exceptional drummer from Rush mm-hmm. is a direct descendant, not biologically, but from that line. Okay. He, he talked about Randy snoring. Yeah, he talked about drumming as fluidity. Okay. And motion and economy of motion and. Okay. It's it's very interesting to read. I'm not a drummer is myself. It? Logan is it's my son. Really boring to do tell. No, I mean you know I'm never I'm never I never I'm never. Um, I, I, every time we have these podcasts, I'm amazed with your knowledge, Colonel. You always have something to contribute. Now, oh my God! Now, I, you know, I'm not going to go check that out, so I'm going to go <laughs> on your word. But you're probably making it up. I believe no, it, he was. No, when I, I came along I'm with I know you're the, the 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 notion 
the theory of drumming as economy of movement. Okay. And how you can make the same, to make it simple, you can make the same drum stroke, a sound, with a mm. two-inch drum stroke, stroke as you can a six-inch. Okay. And if you're going to be doing that, well, oh, I think a six-inch stroke is better than a two-inch stroke. I think it is, too. It depends. No, it doesn't. Okay, but anyway, he inspired, um, Bob Crane uh, had aspirations to play with a big band or with a studio orchestra. But the, by the time he graduated high school, that whole swing era had already passed. Uh, so Crane um, played in a couple of different orchestras uh, in Connecticut, uh, and he graduated high school in 1946. Um, his first job out of high school uh, was as a watch repairman and as a sales clerk at a jewelry emporium store in Stanford. I, I bet they don't have very many watch repairmen anymore, do they? But actually, they do. Timmy, I just had a watch that I had broken, and I found a jeweler that could fix it for me. Not too many people wear watches anymore, do they? I love my you know, watch. I, I, have, I have probably 25 watches myself. Um, I tend to wear the same watch all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but... There are jewelers who can repair watches. Well, that's good to know. In 1948, Crane enlisted for two years in the Connecticut Army National Guard, and he was honorably discharged in 1950. The Connecticut National Guard. Yeah, well, I bet they're bored. I shouldn't know. I bet they're bored 99%. And and snobby. And a little bit highfalutin. I would just say that he probably, you know, just missed the... uh, Korean Korean War because it broke out in 1950 and he just mm-hmm. got out of the guard. In 1949, he uh, was a lucky bastard because he graduated from high school in 1946. Yeah, he got so that he window missed, there, yeah. missed the Second World War, served you know served his country. Thank you for your service, Bob. And now uh, he's out honorably discharged. 1950 in 1949, uh, Crane married his high school sweetheart Anne. Terrison. They had three children, Robert David, Deborah Ann, and Karen Leslie. So in March of 1950, um, Crane took his first job in radio at WLEA. They're on Lea, your side. In Harnell, New York, where he was also named program director. Well, how? I did all right. Right. These, that's one of those small stations yeah. where you did mm-hmm. everything. And they get probably made the same salary. Just yeah. All right, you're programming. Kind of like here. Kind of like, <laughs> kinda here, kinda yeah. like yeah. You just get a uh, title change and no, but no money to go with it. After nine months, he returned home to Connecticut, where he worked at WBIS in Bristol as part of their morning personality and program director for three months before moving to Bridgeport, where he took a job at WLIZ. So he's moving. You know, he's moving around. Uh, in radio, starting to make a name for himself. In November 1951, WLIZ, uh, WLIZ uh, bought out WICC in Bridgeport and transitioned most of his uh, on-air staff, including Crane, to WICC. He had a morning show at WICC where he was also program director. He beat out Boston's uh, biggest radio station, WEEI, in its uh, morning ratings. Um, to try to solve their problem. Uh, so basically they tried to hire him away 
to, you know, beat the competition and get him on board. Uh, so the bigger radio station was coming after him from Boston. Um, but at the same time, uh, CBS, who owned WEEI, had a uh, problem. They had a uh, their longtime morning man in Los Angeles had just resigned to take to be the host of a TV game show called Colonel. TV game show called Jeopardy. Called the sixty four thousand. Oh, the sixty four thousand dollar question. Oh, I was question. Yeah. Wheel of Fortune. Yeah. So um, after Bob Crane refused their offer to move to Boston. They offered him a job to move to uh, Los Angeles, so he kind of wanted to get to uh, get out of New England. He wanted to do more with his music career, Uh, so he saw this as a good opportunity. So after some um, negotiations with CBS, Crane accepted a job at W or KNX, but. he got a stipulation in his contract, which was really rare at the time, that he could play his own records. Oh, so he was cutting his own records. Remember, he's in his yeah. love for music, uh, which is something that had been rarely been done. Seems like before. a conflict of interest to me. Tim. It does too, it's because you know I have a couple sort of like albums, that. and I do. We haven't put them on the show yet. No, not yet. We are waiting to your dad, and then we will. <laughs> yeah, no, no, um, he signed a. Um, five-year contract uh, with CBS to go to uh, the radio station there in Los Angeles in uh, August of 1956. Him and his wife and their son relocated to Hollywood. The Bob Crane show debuted on uh, CBS radio on September 3rd, 1956. He spent more than 15 consecutive years in radio from March of 1950 to August of 1965 and uh, changed radio for generations to follow. He brought a whole new dimension to broadcasting, including the art of sampling. Mm-hmm. Which of he course was the is, first rapper. Yeah, kind of. He's just very popular today. Um, he would cluster commercial songs, commentary. I think we cluster. Current events, cluster. entertainment, and music, and all in one seamless program. So he was gifted at voice impersonations. I think we talked about this before, how there's very few impersonators like they yeah. used to be, like Rich Little and guys like that. But uh, Crane was one who did a lot of impersonations, uh, and he did them on his show. Uh, he became known as the king of Los Angeles Airways, a man of the thousand voices. So, you know, he's doing pretty well, making a name for himself in, you know, they're probably their second largest market. I'll tell you who's a good uh, impersonator. Mm-hmm. Matt Damon. Is he really? Yeah. Who does he impersonate? Oh, he does all kinds of people. Jack Nicholson. He does a great Matthew McConaughey. Uh, Everybody can do Matthew McConaughey. Just get stoned. Yeah, Ben Affleck, of course he does. Course. Um, Jack, I said Jack Nicholson. But he does some very good impersonations. Good. Yeah. So in addition, uh, Crane uh, to his show, he was you know he continued his drumming career. He would drum, he would play on the show, and he was became like the premier celebrity interviewer. So he was kind of the Barbara Waters of his time, interviewing celebrities. Uh, he was the number one rated morning program in Los Angeles, and he he interviewed stars such as get this Colonel, this impress you, Frank Sinatra. Ooh. Marilyn Monroe, Ooh. Johnny Carson, mm. and Bob Hope were all frequent guests on this show. Now that would be that'd be an impressive lineup. Mm-hmm. 
But Crane had higher ambitions. He wanted to pursue acting opportunities. He got the acting bug when he was out there. And he talked Johnny Carson uh, to... Uh, he subbed for Johnny Carson, I should say, on a TV show called Who Do You Trust? Um, and acted on shows, uh, one of my favorite shows, The Twilight Zone. I love Rod Sterling in The Twilight Zone, Timmy. Rod Sterling from... Rod's- um, the Twilight Zone, Timmy. Yeah, where was he born? He was born in Chillicothe, Ohio, Timmy. Was he? I think he was born in Cincinnati. Was he? Yeah, I think so. Google that, if you would. Let's, I know he lived in Cincinnati. Write that down. Alfred Hitchcock Presents. You remember that one, Colonel? Oh, I love that one. Yeah. So uh, he started getting some acting gigs. Um, and then Carl Reiner was a guest on his show, and he persuaded Carl Reiner to book him on the Dick Van Dyke show in 1961. And as you know, Colonel, that was a big show. That we was were, a big show. We you, you couldn't have the name Van Dyke anymore. No. It no. would be offensive to people. Oh, or Jesus. Dick. Or Dick. Yeah. Uh, but that, of course, you know, Dick Van Dyke uh, was a popular comedian at the time, and his show was very popular. Also starred Mary Tyler Moore. Yeah. I love her. This was... She uh, did... I don't no. think so. No, she's Is still Barbara alive. Barbara Walters dead. No, no, she's still alive. This was where he was... Uh, when he was on the Dick Van Dyke show, he was spotted by Donna Reed, of course, the Donna Reed show. What other movie she did she did. play in? What movie did she play in? Donna Reed. She was in Leave It to Beaver. It's a Wonderful Life, and mm-hmm. she played in the Donna Reed show. That's what I think yeah. you're thinking of. Uh, so he got a uh, reoccurring role on the Donna Reed show as her neighbor, Dr. David Kelsey. That show ran... From 1963 to 1965, but it was a very, very popular show. Um, Donna Reed, as, as I mentioned, she played in. He was from Marion, Ohio, Timmy. Okay. Rod Sterling. But I knew I did know Rod Sterling uh, lived a long time in Cincinnati before going out to L.A. Um, so um, Bob Crane acted in small roles in dramatic films, and he had these, you know, roles on. He was on uh, Paint and Place mm-hmm. and Man Trap. In 1965, he was offered a starring role in the television comedy pilot about Allied prisoners in a German POW camp. The name of the show was Hogan's Heroes. How can you go wrong when you're doing a comedy about being a POW? At least it wasn't a comedy about being in a concentration camp. That might have been well, you know. I would probably been a little bit. That's one step. Just like the Diary of Anne Frank, the comedy. Yeah, the musical. I've been to her house, by the way. Really? Tanner's been to a house. When he was in Ireland, he flew over there. The character of the wisecracking Colonel Robert Hogan fit Crane like a glove. And the show, which had a rebellious spirit of Stalag 17 and The Great Escape, became a hit, uh, finishing in the top ten during the 1965 and 66 season. Uh, The basic concept of the show is that Hogan and his teams led... um, led uh, the Nazis, the Germans, uh, to believe that the camp was escape-proof, but then they kind of come and went as they wanted. They were there to spy, basically. They had a little telegraph machine down mm-hmm. underneath. The, you lift up the board, they go down in the basement, and yeah. they had the little telegraph machine yeah. radios. They were, they were, they were, uh, they were POWs, but they, they were running the CIA outfit. Yeah, out kind of, of like a response. Like 17. Right. And, and, you know, it was funny. There was some controversial. The show was there was some controversy at the show at the beginning uh, as to whether material were appropriate for a sitcom. Some of the concerns that Brandy has expressed, 
But that soon passed as Hogan's Heroes went on for six seasons and Crane was nominated for an Emmy twice in 1966 and 1967. Now, during this time, Crane met a woman, Patricia Olson, who played Hilda on Hogan's Heroes under the stage name Sigrid Valdis. So Crane divorced his wife of 20 years and married Patricia on the set of the show in 1970. They had a son, Scotty, the following year. So he leaves his wife of 20 years to marry this actress. Um, she was a very sexy woman. Yeah, she was. After Hogan Hero, after Hogan's Heroes was canceled in 1971, uh, Crane continued to act, appearing in two Disney films, Super Dad in 1974 and Gus in 1976. I don't remember Gus. And had numerous guest spots on TV shows like Police Woman, Ellery Queen, Quincy, and The Love Boat. I always wanted to appear on The Love Boat. Who didn't? I always no. wanted to be on Fantasy Island. On I always wanted to have a tattoo. Fantasy Island freaked me out. Boss, 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 the colonel, the colonel, the no. colonel. You know, Fantasy none of my fantasies involve midgets. I don't know that I that's true. I have an inordinate number of fantasies that involve midgets. <laughs> I believe you somehow, Colonel. <laughs> he had his own show, the Bob Crane Show. That's aptly named, don't you think? Well, it didn't take a brainchild to come up with it. Yeah. In 1975, but it was canceled after only three months. With his TV career slowing down, Crane turned to the stage and the dinner club circuit performing in plays across the country. And the Colonel is going to tell you what happens next. We're getting to the part of the... Murder. What do we? What's going to happen to this poor man, Brandy? He's going to be murdered. So now, although always easy going and well liked, as our compadre over here, Timmy I'm a Crane, compadre. Oh, Crane had a dark side. You're a compadre. What do you mean? I have a dark side. I don't have now, a dark side. Now, tell me if this sounds at all familiar to you, Devil. Talk to me, Colonel. Well, most of his like adult you life, friendly to each other because it's never a good thing. Most of his adult life, Crane engaged in consensual sex with countless adult women. Well, okay, there's ring nothing a, wrong ringing with a bell anyway. Well, I mean, you got to be more specific. Yes. <laughs> well, you which, know. according to many sources close to Crane, had its roots in early 1950s Connecticut. Now, as time went on. His proclivities also included amateur pornography of women. That does sound like Timmy. In which they were willing participants. Crane claimed to enjoy this lifestyle. Now, who wouldn't? So uh, he liked making sex tapes, basically. That was back when they had the 8mm film, I think. (laughs) Now, I've heard rumors, Randy, that uh, there's a Colonel sex tape out there. I hope that it is destroyed. Me, you know what? Me, Paris Hilton, and Kim Kardashian all got sex tapes rolling around. Yeah, but not at the same time. Not the same time. Or and, with and each other. No. Actually, and they, they actually had other people in their sex tapes. Yeah, my sex tape is a one-man show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you have, like, little symbols on your knees that you <laughs> yeah, yeah. An accordion on his back? Yeah. Okay, continue, Kurt. Okay, so as time went by... What worries me is that dancing monkey in the corner. <laughs> Yeah. How do you think I get aroused? <laughs> so even though he kept it hidden from many of his extended family members and closest friend, he loved this lifestyle. Yet with others, he was candidly open about it. He played drums at many of the little st- local strip clubs. Sure. 
in Los Angeles long after he was successful and did not need the money. Yeah, that's a weird hobby, playing drums. I guess he just liked playing the drums. But no, he liked to be in the strip clubs. Well, yeah. I mean, I understand that. I mean, who doesn't like a strip club? But it seems like, you know, it, by that point, he was pretty well-known and popular that, you know, you can't be doing it to meet women. Well, he was warned about the dangers of such a lifestyle by his friends, as we have warned you, Timmy. Um, and he listened, but then shrugged it off. Comparing it, and you know, I'm just gonna say one word. All right. One word, Timmy, to prove my point. And the devil, you know what I'm talking about when I say this. Inky. Okay. First well, of she's all, she's different. I was thinking Dirty Diana. Or Dirty Diana. But first of all, they're both very nice young ladies. They had. They had. I think you're stretching the word lady quite far. <laughs> yeah. They I think by the lady. Damaged, but they're very nice. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Now, what I'm talking about is Inky, you had known Inky for 10, 15 minutes before you engaged in <laughs> forno relations, fornication true, and carnal relations, Timmy. That's not true. But, uh, you know, we were bo- we bonded quickly, yes. But it's not, I mean. We call her Inky because she was covered with tattoos. And she had, tat- she had a few tattoos. That's what she called herself, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it was her name. I think coming up with your own nickname like that is... That's crazy. You, yeah, it does. Yeah, you crazy. think it's an, a dick move? That call, come yeah. up with your own nickname and I do kind well, of give you're yourself titles. With, if you don't come up with one, do better than Inky. I do think it's a dick move to just give yourself titles and nicknames. Yeah. That's yeah, crazy. No, Inky so, was, Inky's a very nice young lady. and uh, we She was not a nice young lady. She left you an a, a, a address to send her gifts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that never happened. Inky's no lady. Yeah, she was no lady. Oh, yeah. But anyway, he yeah, was one. It was like a Patreon thing. If you want to. <laughs> yeah. If you want to donate to the cause. Yeah. 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 But um, somehow that never happened. But ugh. Well, so anyway, his friends came up and they tried to warn him. This is a this is a terrible lifestyle. It's it's going to get you sent straight <laughs> to hell. What, what, it's not a Christian lifestyle at all. Well, don't be so hard on him. The guy was just, you know... He said hot on yeah. He was just... Uh, sowing his oats. Sowing his oats. I, I'm sure you sowed an odor, too. I've sowed, I've sown an odor, too, but I wasn't filming the oats sowing, <laughs> and I wasn't tying people up and hitting them with crops and whatnot. No, no. That's, hey. that's a misnomer on this thing. He, it's a misnomer. He, he was not into BDSM. They put that in the movie. They made, about a, uh, they made a movie about Bob Crane's life called Autofocus. And about his uh, darker side, but uh, in the movie they made it uh, to appear that he was into like BDSM and stuff. And he really wasn't. He was just into regular normal sex, just run-of-the-mill film sex. Yeah, he yeah. was an oh. exhibitionist. Yeah, he was. He just liked to see himself on the silver screen. Did he have mm-hmm. a? Did, what, I mean, was he well endowed? I mean, does that would that be one reason why <laughs> had, he did not? I, mind? Have they released any of these tapes? Uh, the, apparently, there was a website where you could actually buy some uh, still photos anyway. I don't know if you can no. But that that's no longer the case. But we'll talk about that later. Brandy's going to talk about that. Well, he listened to his friends, but then shrugged it off, saying, like an alcoholic, you know, I can stop anytime I want. Yeah. Now, See, you can, really. As his acting career took a downward turn in the 70s, his appetite for sex and pornography became profound, Timmy. Well, it became profound. It you know, became, it became more accessible. I mean, he would have a field day now with the internet. Oh, stuff. with the internet, yeah, he he'd be. You remember the first porn uh, site you ever visited, Colonel? 
Um, hold on, I could give you Persian Kitty. Me too. Persian, Persian Kitty. Yeah. They'd have the thumbnails. Yeah. And the little. Yeah. When I when I first went Persian Kitty, you could only. They, I mean, there was no video then, right? You could. It was only, little gifts and yeah, pictures. Yeah, pictures, yeah. Mm-hmm. But they had like all the different categories and stuff. Yeah. Brandy, do you remember your first porn site you went to? Not, not the first porn movie you starred in, but the first the porn first site you went to. I tell you the first. Let me tell you the first porn movie I ever saw in my life. Uh, well, I don't uh, on a VCR. A friend, we went to a foreigners concert in Huntington. Foreigners or foreigner? Foreigner. Oh, this is where you got snowed out. Or the no, show no, was the, the wrong the day. The show was canceled, yeah. but we didn't know it. So we we drive, you know, we go to Huntington. It's about forty five minutes from my hometown, and the guy, one of the guys I'm with, I'm probably like sixteen at the time. One of the guys I'm with lived in the neighborhood, and he he worked at a uh, the uh, a plant, the atomic plant near Portsmouth, and. Um, he was aware, the guys that worked that plant was aware of a house of ill repute. So he says, oh, I'm gonna, let's go check it out. Now, I, I was thinking, you know, it's always just full shit. I didn't really think that it was a, a real whorehouse. You didn't know what ill repute was, did you? <laughs> yeah, I, I knew what ill repute was. But anyway, we go to there. They ask, you know, they, 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 they do like a, the old uh, speakeasy. They open mm. a, a little slot in the door yeah. and ask you where you wiener, know. Wiener, wiener. Wiener checker. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is, there was no, <laughs> no dick inspector there. But anyway, we went in, we sat down, and they had a TV on. And this guy's saying this. I th- it looked just like a bar. Well, in a few minutes, here it comes. V- they play VCR, and it was Debbie Does Dallas. Now, I'll tell you the first one I ever seen, Timmy. <clears throat> it was an outstanding movie, by the way. If you if you haven't seen Debbie Does Dallas, I highly recommend it. Because she did. She did Dallas. The she entire was time in Dallas. She was in a little um, outfit, Dallas Cowboys Cheerleaders That was outfit. Madeline Chambers, wasn't it? I don't remember. I think so. But it wasn't the first porno I saw. It was the first VCR I saw. The first porno I saw was Deep Throat. That was a VHS the first one I ever saw on VHS, and, and this one uh, just blew me away because, you know, you generally you're, you're gradually introduced to these things. Jimmy. Cinematic masterpiece. So we went into, uh, we I was with a friend of mine, and we was uh, going to the a notorious marijuana dealer's house. Mm-hmm. And, the Devil uh, Weed. The Devil Weed. And we purchased our said devil weed, and he invited us in, and we sampled our said devil weed. And it was very potent to me. Did you inhale? It was very potent. I, I did inhale. And he popped in a movie and said, you have to see this. And it was uh, Asian ladies. Oh, yeah. Oh, simmer down over there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I didn't mean to get you going. Timmy, this is no lie, this is the truth. They started to have, there was a couple of men started to have uh, some carnal relations with a girl. Mm-hmm. And then a man got up and relieved himself on the girl. Oh, without asking? And, yeah. I, well, that's impolite. It's bad form. <laughs> I have never seen, I had never seen anything like that, and I was full of THC. <laughs> and I thought I was actually hallucinating. Because I thought certainly that man is not urinating on that woman. But there but he was. There alas. he was, alas, urinating on that woman. And I thought, 
this does not seem erotic to me. I tell you, dude, one time we had a, you know, maybe 20. So I was afraid to watch porn from now on. I thought Maybe about 20 years ago. uh, I thought maybe I've been doing things wrong. You never know what your friends are into. You you don't. And we went to a friend's house, and we we had a uh, 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 Stratomatic baseball draft. It's like a fantasy football baseball draft. And he had been buying these. Now, this is when the Internet was really new. He had been buying these VHS videos on the Internet. And it was was all that, of these Mm -hmm. guys pissing on women. And, you know, yeah, okay, one time you see it, it's like, oh, isn't that weird? And then this guy drops a deuce in this woman's face. Oh, for crying out loud. <laughs> and my friend, Gross. this guy, we, you know. Well, he I'm, hit him I'm, with a steamer is what you're saying. I'm not you? saying he's my friend. He's some guy, you yeah, know, he you is are. his house. He starts jumping out like he uh, scored a goal in the uh, uh, World Cup. I mean, he's like chasing, you know. Uh, <laughs> pumping his, pumping his fist and jumping around. I'm like, Jesus Christ. So you never know a person until you see their porn collection. That, that's, the, that's what my point is. But continue. Yeah, I think, por- the por- the, I think the kind of porn you like says a lot about it. It really does, yeah. And I'm, I'm pretty much a middle-order-road porn man myself. How about you, Brandy? What kind of porn do you I do like, like the occasional midget. Because, you know, I just wonder the anatomy of it. Where does it go? Where yeah, does everything go? I'm a, I'm a, but they can be normal size down under. That's what I mean. Yeah. That's what I mean. They're hitting them up in the... So they're hitting a girlfriend in the, in the lungs or whatnot. That, see, that is false advertising. I believe it is. Brandy, what kind of porn? Seriously, what kind of porn do you... Seriously. Or or maybe you you probably don't enjoy porn Not anything I'm getting into. No, I'm sure you don't enjoy it anymore, but what kind of porn... I mean, back when you had your tingly pots. Yeah, yeah, back back when you were... When your girly bits used to be functional. Yeah, when you enjoyed sex. What kind of of porn did you like to watch? It was was lesbian porn, just say it. Did you like, like, like I really like porn. furry porn. Furry porn. It's like what's like that? furries. You know what furries are, don't like you? Like people dressed up as animals. Yes, I love that. So like you like a guy dressed up as a as antelope. Uh, sure, a bear. A bear, wolf. Sure, a wolf. wolf would turn you on pretty good. I bet. Oh uh, yeah, well, for sure. Hmm. I believe C- she's lying. Colonel, what kind of <laughs> porn do you enjoy? As I said, I'm just a middle order road porn guy. I like you know occasionally I like toss me in a midget there. Um, just to see, you know, just alive. It's like a circus. Yeah, really. It's like a circus. I like to see a midget. Yeah. Um, but I don't, you know. But yeah, I'm not too. I'm not too picky. Okay. All right. Continue, so, Colonel. But I do not find it erotic to. Uh, you don't find perform bodily functions on. No, I do pooping not. Pooping on people is out. I don't like yeah. pooping or peeing. I don't. That's see like hobo porn to me. Well, you know, hobo porn. There's there's some hot looking hobos. I be, I wonder if they go over that at the hobo convention. I bet they do. They, they you know they have to get. They their, have open casting calls. Yeah, well, they have to get their thrills. They're female hobos. Well, they get their thrills by gang rape and other hobos. They also get right? their thrills by finding a warm place to stay. So yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. And a can of beans. Yeah, beans are important. You okay. know, I think we've gotten sidetracked. Okay, back to Bob Crane and his. In an uh, effort to reestablish himself yeah. as a serious actor in Hollywood, and more important to him, to reconnect with his family and children, Crane tried several times to break free of this lifestyle. 
It's however, let me just turn it off. He discovered he could not do so on his own. We shook him to his very core, Timmy. Shook uh, him to his foundation. So you're he saying therapy? He was addicted to it. His addiction was taking its toll on his marriage, and Bob and Patricia separated. Uh, see, and that's why it does. Because you know what happens, Brandy? What is that? The guy he's watching porn, doing all this this stuff. They don't have any energy when it comes to paying attention to the wife, uh-huh. and the wife gets jealous. She's not getting it at home. So well, and then you, you know the women in porn they they're more engaged. I mean. There's some high expectations there when you watch porn. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, yeah, they're they're unrealistic expectations. And yeah, and, they know. really are. Because you know they'll uh, that that some of those porn shots for everyone like, they may last. Five ten minutes. Well, yeah. but I mean, yeah. I know. A good, yeah, that's. that's I seen a twelve minute clip one. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's, 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 unreal, that's unrealistic. Yeah. I mean, you know, for everyone, I think that it, you know, real life is comparatively speaking is a letdown for everyone. Well, I think real life, just in general, is a letdown. <laughs> yeah, but, but when you compare it to porn, when you compare it to porn, because. You know, what I'm thinking is, who gets to eat that pizza that the boy brought last Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's going to get be, cold. It's going to be cold. Yeah. The copier never gets fixed. Yes, I, I got copies to make. Yes. Yeah. Well, and it just... Well, that's, uh, and that's one thing that bugs me. I do not like plot holes in porn. No. I do not. I like my porn wrapped up well, and tidied up. And why do you need a two-hour porn video? I mean, all you really need yeah. is like six minutes. It's like minutes. the first six minutes yeah. of it, yeah. Yeah. But, but then you get to watch it 38 times and never have to see the same thing. I guess. But it's always remembering where you left off. Yeah. Um, yeah, it throws you for a loop. But anyway, in late 19, in spring of 78, Crane sought professional help. Wow. He started to understand that he was, he said, I might as well face it, I'm addicted to sex. Remember what do you that? think about sex addiction? Do you think it's a real addiction? Oh, it's an addiction. It's an addiction. Brandy, what's your thoughts? Um, I think it is. Like anything else, it can be an addiction. However, I also think that it gets used a lot. So you think it's just like it's, uh, obsessive compulsive behavior, just whatever. It's It's... Yeah, yeah, I think I think it gets, well, I think it gets misused a lot. I think, you know, David Duchovny has an affair on his wife, and all of a sudden, well, he's a sex addict, right? And he's going to go to rehab. But really, he just needs he just he just needs ride. to keep it in his pants, right? Well, I think you're, no, I think Anthony Weiner might be. He truly may be. Yeah, because I, think, I mean, what's a what's the definition of, as an addict? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. If you're doing something that has negative consequences yeah. in your life and you continue to do it despite that. So. Well, that's insanity. That's just. Well, I'm just saying. It's like drinking too much. You lose your job because you're drinking too much and you still can't stop, then you've got a problem. And yeah, clearly, with Anthony Weiner, he continues to. Anthony Weiner's sext. wiener is too much. Right. There's just too well, much going on there. I have, and I, I had a problem back in, back in about 15 years ago. I was addicted to grape Jolly Ranchers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and sexually or no, just okay. eating them. This is totally almost so I the same. Got a, I finally He's got. Not, a, oh, you're talking about the candy, just not Happy Ranchers. No, just the okay. grape specifically Jolly Ranchers. Okay, I see. <clears throat> got, and, you got me confused there. But the problem everybody. you have to watch out for is that when you are free of an addiction, mm-hmm. you replace one addiction with another. Yeah, so then you went to cocaine. <laughs> no, then I became a sex addict. It's a, slip, it's a slippery slope. I became a sex addict. Okay, I was drunk. doing it 11, 12 times a day. 12 with, times with a day. With your hand or another person? Yeah, with your... Oh, uh, it, was, it was to Mrs. Colonel. I was married. And, you oh, know. Did she complain? You were not doing it 11, 12 times a day with Renee. Yeah, we we was not. buying we was getting aircraft oil by the 55-gallon yeah, you'd drum. you have to have. And, uh, you were but, not. So then I got done with that, and then I started smoking. Now I'm gambling, and but you know, well now you're in podcasting, so yeah, yeah. So and, and now you, you know what? You my, make the transition. It, luckily, that is how I found Jesus and founded the church, Timmy. And now you have so a my new addiction purpose. is the Lord. Yes, you're addicted so, to. I'm addicted to the Lord. I'm addicted to His Word. That's Timmy. a good. That's a good addiction to have, Colonel. Yeah. So. Egg. Anyway, continue with the Robert uh, Bob Crane. He was reportedly about to begin work with a leading psychologist specializing in sex addiction after his play Beginner's Luck closed in Scottsdale, Arizona. Okay, on so he's July one. He's getting ready to go see this this shrink. Okay, so he's in Arizona. He has a play. He's working in the yeah. theater. Did this require a recap? Well, he said it kind of fast. I'm just setting the scene. Okay, and uh, he's but, getting ready to change his life. But he never they got. They always the, are getting back on his feet. He never got the chance to Just follow through because he was murdered. Oh, just as he was going to turn it around. Just as he was getting it turned around. That's what they said on the news. Yeah. So on Damn. Wednesday, Take away in his prime, June twenty eighth, after completing an evening performance. In I just Sun- want to point out. Do you notice how I even tell you the day of the week when this shit happens? It's it's, it's uncanny. It's, 
It's uncanny and unnecessary. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I appreciate that, Timmy. Thank you, Colonel. After completing an evening performance and signing autographs for fans in the lobby of the Windmill Theater, Dinner Theater, he returned briefly to Scottsdale, Arizona, with a longtime friend and video equipment sales clerk, John <laughs> Carpenter. Not to be confused with John Carpenter, the Wait, movie guy. Yeah, this Long guy. Longtime friend and video equipment salesperson. Yeah. He was kind of a hanger on. You know, you know how people get around stars. You know, Brandy, uh, you know how you uh, like, um, you stalk uh, different people. Jen, I, Justin Bieber. She's I do. A Bieber. Justin She's a Bieber. Bieber. She's a Bieber. I am a believer. Yes. Uh, but you know how people kind of become hanger-ons and they kind of, uh, you know, want to be around celebrities. This guy was like that. He had video equipment, which, of course, met a need of Bob Crane's because he needed, I mean, this was in the 70s. Uh, you know, now you can take videos on your phone. But back then, it required to have the right equipment. But go ahead, uh, Colonel. Let's talk about this John Carpenter guy. So anyway, he um let me see now. Carpenter uh he 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 shared Crane's interest in pornography and would often film Crane having sex with random women. See, I would not want to do it in front of another guy. I wouldn't mind if the other guy was a midget. Um <laughs> Now, Carpenter, who had flown to Phoenix on June 25th to spend a few days with Crane in Arizona, the pair planned on meeting some women in Scottsdale. Before Ooh. Carpenter and Crane headed out on the town, Patricia called Bob. This and is according his, to his Carpenter, wife. This yeah. Is Bob Crane's wife, okay. The estranged couple argued loudly. Over hmm. the phone, you you've heard that you've been in line at Target or whatnot. Yeah, I couples arguing loudly. Yeah, it's uh, unsettling. Um, so anyway, thereafter, Crane and Carpenter adjourned to a local bar where they had drinks with two women, um, who was older, drunker, and a little skanky. About 2 a.m. Yeah, if you were Bob Crane, I mean, you think he'd be getting some hot tail. That's 2 a.m. in Scottsdale, Arizona. Well, ain't no well, hot well, tail running he around. Can get. Yeah, good, good point. So the four of them went to the Safari Coffee Shop on Scottsdale Road. And about a half hour later, John Carpenter left uh, the pack for his return trip to Los Angeles. He was going back to Los Angeles the next morning. Film Halloween. <laughs> back at his hotel no, no, room. This is a different John <sighs> He called Crane one last time. Crane again, planning on ending his lifestyle of heavy partying and casual sex, was therefore tired of hangers-on like Carpenter. During his last phone call, Bob reportedly told Carpenter that their friendship was over, that he had poor hygiene, and that he wanted the $25 back that Carpenter had borrowed. Okay, only one of those things you said was true, and that is that he told Carpenter that... He could have told him a lot of things on that phone call. But he told him that, uh, okay, buddy, uh, I'm done with you. He said, I'm done with you. Yeah, he broke up with him, his friend, basically. Now, Crane's beginner's luck co-star, Victoria Ferry. Do you really have to tell someone? I mean, wouldn't you just, like, you know, not return their calls or something? Well, I think it's the responsible thing to do. Oh, I don't. I think it's much better. I know, but you do that with, like, your dates and stuff. You just disappear. Yeah, you just, Well, you just go missing. Dirty Diana's still waiting for you to visit her in jail. (laughs) She's not in jail. Yeah, I was going to say, she's still waiting on that $5 a week you used to put in her commissary account. She is not in jail. It's... You don't blasphemous. So anyway, now on she's very cute though. 
Crane's beginner's luck co-star, Victoria you, you said Barry. Dave said he would do her. That's not saying anything. Colonel I, said he would do her. That is definitely not saying anything. Yeah, I would. I, I got an addiction. No, he got an She was. I got an addiction. She was attracted young lady. Continue. Okay, so now this get this is an important part here. Could I get through it? Yes. Crane's. Crane's beginner's luck co-star Victoria Barry would knock on Bob Crane's door at the Winfield Place Apartments around 2 p.m. on June 29th. I don't know what day of the week that was because Timmy did not put that in there. Well, um, the front door to his apartment, 132A, was closed. You've hit that motherfucker like 10 times. How many steps have you taken while you're sitting I've got 17,000 steps in so far today, and it's and, only 253. And the PM. last time you hit it, you had the same number of steps because you ain't got up out of the chair. Yeah, so what are you doing over there? I need to take a walk. Continue. So, Jesus Christ. So anyway... His door, she knocks on the door, come on. but there was no come in. Uh, it, 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 she's knocking on the door. You, you're you giving a feminine voice to Bob Crane. I'm sorry, come in. Yeah. No, you're supposed to say, Bob, are you in there? Bob, are you in there? All right, let's try that, Brandy. <laughs> Open the door, Bob. Are you in there? Thank okay. You. So she entered the apartment. And found the entire apartment dark. Mm. As she entered the bedroom, she said, At first I thought it was a girl with long, dark hair because all the blood had turned real dark. I thought, Oh, Bob's got a girl in here. Now where's Bob? I thought, Well, he's done something to herself. She's done something to herself. Bob has gone to get help. At that time, I recognized blood. It was like a strange feeling. Not the smartest cookie in the world. Now, upon closer examination and realizing what exactly she was seeing, Barry thought, the whole wall was covered in blood, from one end to the other with blood. I And I just sort of stood there, and I was numb. Yeah, there are um, uh, crime scene photos out there if, you wanna, if you're interested in Googling it. But he died, does kind of, his Bob Crane's body does kind of look like a woman with long hair because of the blood it's the way it's streaming down his face it's it's pretty gruesome sight continue Colonel. he was balled up in a fetal position laying on his side and he had a cord around his neck which was tied in a bow crane had been bludgeoned to death with a tramera, camera tripod as he slept in his apartment he was 49 years old the scottsdale police department like most its side had no homicide division and was ill-equipped to handle a high-profile murder investigations. There was no signs that a struggle had taken place, and an autopsy determined that Bob Crane was asleep when the deadly blow to the left side of his head was delivered. That might be not a bad way to go, where you sleep, someone whacks you. Well, that's how I figure I'm going to go. The subsequent police investigation had determined that Crane's head was struck by two separate parts of a camera tripod. So he got hit by a dipod, mm-hmm. inflicting a two separate and deadly wounds. Paula Cassietti, the first Scottsdale police officer to arrive on the scene, immediately secured the area with crime scene tape. Oh, they had like the little yellow tape? <clears throat> yeah. Oh, they still use it. At approximately 3 p.m., Scottsdale Police Lieutenant Ron Dean arrived at Crane's apartment door and took over the investigation. And I will hand it over to the devil. To tell us about the investigation. Shortest part of this whole thing, and it just took like 85 minutes to get through that. Yes. Program. 
Because Timmy had to tell us about his whole porn life story. Well, the the reason why, you know, Brandy, Brandy usually mm-hmm. covers the murders, but um, the colonel being a slacker, he wants the short part. So. Well, you always give me like 15 pages and you interrupt me throughout. I'm, I, I'm, it, 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 it gets me just a frazzly mess, Timmy. A frazzly mess. A frazzly mess. My blood pressure's you all okay? up. I get the vapors. I get the vapors. My blood pressure's high. I got to walk 2,000... 584 so, uh, steps every hour to con- try to so keep it down. let me get this straight. I I do all the research. Mm-hmm. I write the script, but you because the songs, mm-hmm. because you have to read an extra paragraph or two, uh, you're all upset. I'm just saying because you're the talent. He's a diva. I'm just saying you Quote ask. A, I can't work this way. You ask a lot of us, Timmy. You ask a lot, Brand. and I understand as the colonel. He who is given much is expected much or something. What is that saying? It's, um, I'd like to say something. You're a fucktard. So <laughs> I think we're it's gonna, it, it, to, go ahead and move on. To, to who well, much is given, much is, well, much is expected. With great power is great responsibility. Right. I mean, we could do Heavy that. is the head that wears the crown. Yes. Yes. Brandy, what about the investigation of Tell the murder the of Bob yeah. Crane? Why does the butt with my foot up their ass? <laughs> okay. Initially, investigators surmised that the killer was someone Crane knew. Seriously, I'm going to kill you in that Fitbit. I he killed him in his sleep. Well, yeah, I'm going to kill you in that Fitbit. And perhaps, perhaps it's someone he knew. Perhaps a person who left the apartment before the incident and later returned through the unlocked front door, or perhaps a window had been purposefully left unlocked or open. Hmm. The Maricopa County Medical Examiner's Office was able to put together a partial chron- chronology, chron- whatever, chronology? the chronology? timeline. There's yeah. a timeline. Yeah. Of events on you that You know, evening. we could, we could um, sign you up for some courses to help you with your pronunciation of words. English is a second well, language. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on. Are you getting this? Yeah. Okay. 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 Stay, stay with me. Yeah. Stay we, with they'll me. have little photos of lips <laughs> and how Stay you, with me. How, how, you, um, how you shake your lips to form words. It'll be very helpful for you. You know it'd be helpful for you? Look at a map sometime, and you'll discover there's no country of wells. Continue. Continue, please. She really had a lot of suicide there. They got a lot of heels there, too. Yeah. <laughs> Tons of heels. Rolling. So, uh, let's see. Okay. Oh, I got you a day here. Sometime during the early hours of Thursday. Thursday, June okay. June 29th. Because it was important. <laughs> toward the end of the week. While Crane was sleeping. <laughs> it's it's Friday. Friday. <laughs> uh, while Crane was sleeping on his right side. <laughs> That's important. The murderer would strike a deadly blow to the left side of Crane's head with some type of heavy, blunt instrument. Because the right side was covered up with a mattress. Yeah. That would have been more difficult. <laughs> yeah. More challenging. Uh, a second, much lighter blow would crush in Bob Crane's skull, likely killing him immediately. For some unknown reason, the perpetrator likely then tied an electrical cord tightly around the actor's neck. It's overkill. We got overkill. Well, he wanted to make it look like he was strangling, you know, someone strangled him. But by the time, really, because the big blunt force trauma to the head doesn't, you know. He was hoping that wouldn't show up on the autopsy. Well, I would. Yeah. Yeah. And I wouldn't note it autopsy. <laughs> autopsy. Continue, please. I'm just saying. Uh, let's see. But by the time he did all this, Crane's dead. Before leaving, the, care, the killer apparently 
wiped up blood, wiped blood off the murder weapon using bed sheets, and then pulled the sheet up over Crane's head. Money was found in Crane's wallet, which eliminated robbery as a motive. See, that's a, that's a misnomer too, because if I was going to kill someone, misnomer. if misnomer. I was going to kill someone, I would take most of their money out, but leave like thirteen dollars, and that way you they think it's not uh, it's not a robbery. But, but I, don't I don't think that, that word means what you think it means. <laughs> misleading. Okay. So, would you agree, Colonel? Is that how you would do it? I well, mean, typically in the past, what I have done is left... I, I figure half for me, half for the corpse, yeah, Timmy. That's fair. And 10% for the church. Well, they have to pay the guide on the River Styx. Yeah. I think that's cool. What did you think about that band called Sticks? I like Sticks. I, you know, I, they're, all their songs sound the same to me. That's like Chicago. All their songs oh sound the same. Oh, my Sally, no, 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 you're not allowed to sing. All right, so see now you got me started. Said no recourse for emergency. I got to be free. I will stick this in your carotid. Uh, The investigation at the crime scene brought to light Bob Crane's kinky secret sex life. That's ahead of me. Which he continued to pursue while in Scottsdale, just as he had for several years. Earlier, he had a long-standing fetish of videotaping himself and his female sex partner, of which there were many over the years, and various stages of sexual acts. So it is rumors of this kind of activity, as well as other pinchons, 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 like playing drums at various titty bars in L.A. That purportedly cost Crane many TV and movie acting gigs. Apparently, producers were fearful of having their screen product associated with such a double life. Yeah, this Apparently, was, you know, this was back in the day when, you know, people were a little bit more conservative. But we'll try, oh Lord, we'll See what try. you did there? You know, they're from uh, Chicago. Is oh, it, yeah. Isn't it interesting that Chicago is from Chicago and Styx is also from Chicago? I am from uh, Lebanon, so yeah. we got that covered. Isn't that interesting? Yes. It's not at all, so... I read Bruce Springsteen's autobiography. Of oh my God! How was it? It was excellent. It's I'd say it's uh, aside from the Bible, Timmy. It's probably the finest book ever put to approximately put the pen by man. Approximately fifty pornographic tapes were found at the Winfield apartment, as well as professional photography equipment in the bathroom for developing and enlarging still shots. And they, so he's doing film and pictures. Well, you know, he was promotional. Well, there's some promotional stuff that goes he on. He was doing some there's high promotional high stuff high. that goes on. This thing. Yeah. Oh, there's no. Yeah. Uh, a negative strip was found in the enlarger, revealing a wi- revealing a woman in both clothed and nude poses. A hefty album of similar pornographic pictures was missing from the death scene. Several items that the police declined to identify were missing from Crane's little black bag. A small multi-zippered carrier, much like the Colonel's man purse. Quick question. Yeah, he, you do have a man. he does have a, a man's purse. Quick question, Devil. When you and uh, Dave um, enter into... Uh, Our husband, Dave. Your husband, Dave, is a fine man. Excellent man. Uh, Are you going to besmirch his good name? No, 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 no. no he's no, going to no. besmirch your good name. No, not at all. I just am curious. Um, when you do your marital relations, oh, have um, sex basically is what he's um, Thank you. Do you film it at all ever? Have you ever filmed uh, yourself on? Have you ever filmed? Oh yourself? God, no. Did you do it in college when no. you was? Oh doing come your on! Stuff? No. It wasn't so easy because phones didn't film. Did back you? Then. Did you, you watch me depress yesterday? I didn't have those. I did not. They were they were talking about you know. Um, uh, 
Trump uh, bringing up Clinton's uh, infidelities. Mm-hmm. And uh, Chuck Todd, the moderator, says to Rudy Giuliani, they, mm. were, oh, they, were, they, were, they, were, they were interviewing him, and you know he's a, a Trump advocate. And <laughs> they said, are you really the right messenger considering, <laughs> considering, considering. Your, your history of infidelity <laughs> or something? And he says, well, everyone has that. <laughs> No, no, yeah, no. Let me uh, let me explain. Which that. I thought was a fair, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was a fair defense. Continue there. Everybody does. Oh, well, everybody does. Yeah, they I mean, call your friends. But, I'm not, but I'm not. Bridge. But I'm not running for president. That was his defense. So, yeah. and so hold on. It, Trump. It was okay that Trump did it because everybody does it, and it was okay for me to do it because no, I'm no, not no. I think for it president. was. They were talking. Trump had said something about, I don't get this in a political discussion, but Trump had said something about Hillary probably cheated on Bill. Mm, mm. And then Rudy said, yeah, well, you know, he was like supporting him in that statement. And Chuck Todd said, well, with your background, Mr. Mayor, would is it appropriate for you to comment? Yeah. And he was like, well, no, everyone does that. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm not running for president, so I thought it was kind of interesting. Every yeah. the old everyone does that defense. Would that work for Dave? No. Okay. Now I'll tell you what you don't want to get you know as you said too political on the show. But I think that every listener could agree that we have on our show that there is Giuliani has reached a level of douchebagdom that few could ever aspire. I mean, Chris Christie. I'm telling you, Chris Christie is like Dobby the house elf right now. <laughs> yeah, that's right now. That's yeah. all he is. He's yeah. Dobby the house elf. Yeah. Dobby's a good elf. Can Dobby have a sock? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what the... F- but I mean, Giuliani's... Yeah, he used to have friend. some balls, didn't he? Yeah, and then it just, all of a sudden, it just went away. And I heard, you know, and, and not to make light of it, but I heard the best description I ever heard of Giuliani was Joe Biden who said, every word out of Giuliani's mouth is a, ni- a noun, a verb, and 9-11. Yeah, I, thought, I mean, I really thought. He I thought would, he did great during nine eleven. I thought he was going to have a good career. I mean, I thought he had a uh, yeah. he had a shot at being yeah. president, but it went mm-hmm. to shit. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, so uh, the police couldn't find Chuck. I mean, Bob Crane's little black bag, uh, like Chuck's man purse. Uh, Victoria Berry had seen it when she first discovered the body, but it was later it later disappeared and was never accounted for. The primary suspect in the case of Bob Crane's death was, of course, Crane's longtime friend and sometimes business partner, John Carpenter. He and Crane were introduced by Richard Dawson. Oh, Richard Dawson. I love Richard Dawson. He used Another to kiss co-star. people all the time. Yeah, until he, until he got the uh, herpes. Got the herpes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah well, uh, Crane and Dawson shared a common passion, women. Uh, but Is more often dead? than not, yes. Yeah, more Richard often than Dawson not, Carpenter dead. was left to fend for Thank Crane's you. leftovers since, due to Crane's popularity and legendary charm, there were plenty of women to go around. In return, Carpenter provided Crane with plenty of state-of-the-art video toys. Yeah, see, um, I don't even think that'd be an issue today because everyone has camera and videos. And if you've got an iPhone, you can get HD. Right, but, yeah. but back in them days, you know, I remember when the first VCR came out, that was like Amazing. It was all brainy. Yeah. But I mean, it was amazing. Remember, they had the beta? Oh, the beta. Now, the beta show had a good picture on it. Yeah. No, you know, it had a good picture. We had those laser discs. Oh, the laser discs were yeah. the bomb. All right. So, the night before Crane's murder, Carpenter. Richard Dawson died in 2012. I, yeah, I knew he was dead. He was 100 years old in the 70s when he was doing Family Feud. Yeah, he was on Hogan's Heroes. Uh, he, he died at 79, age 79. Uh, the night before Crane's murder, Carpenter was sitting with Victoria Berry at the Windmill Dinner Theater. 
She would join him during her set breaks. Barry claims that after the show ended, she witnessed Crane and Carpenter exiting the building together and proceed to Crane's car, where Crane would call out to her to not forget their appointment the next day. As Barry was writing her official statement to the police in Crane's kitchen around 3.15 p.m., the phone rang. Uh, Lieutenant Dean instructed her to answer the phone, but not to mention anything about Bob Crane. It was John Carpenter hmm. there hmm. calling from L.A. He's calling from inside the house. Uh, the police lieutenant took the phone from Barry, properly identified himself, and instructed Carpenter that the police were in Crane's apartment investigating an incident. During the phone call, Carpenter told Lieutenant Dean he'd been out with Crane the previous evening until around 1 o'clock in the morning. Carpenter would later change that time to 2.45. Then he went on to say that he had driven himself to the airport later that morning for his return flight to L.A. Carpenter would call Crane's apartment again about 3.30 p.m. Lieutenant Dean mentioned in his report that he found it odd that Carpenter never asked anything more about the incident and didn't ask him where Crane was. At the time, in 1978, the Scottsdale Police Department did not have a homicide investigation unit, so Lieutenant Dean's chief case officer, Dennis Borkenhagen... Sounds like the Swedish... How can a police department not have a homicide? I don't know, but that sounds like the Swedish chef, for real, from the Muppets. Burp, burp, burp. I mean, I guess you, you don't have a lot of homicides, but seriously. Well, yeah. it's 1978. But anyway, uh, he began doing began the death investigation himself at Crane's apartment, but later decided that no items of any value had been taking, taken during the crime. He did observe some blood smears on the inside of the front door and entry entranceway, but decided that there was no forced entry. The sliding glass door that led from Crane's apartment to the swimming pool outside was discovered unlocked. Later that day, the police interviewed some of Crane's colleagues and friends, discovering that through, though Crane was personable, charming, and fun to be around, He'd made some enemies. Mm. There was also a fellow actor who had argued with Crane in Texas and later had sworn vengeance. Mm. Really? Sworn vengeance? Yeah, that's old Western. Mm. That's old West shit. Uh, And inevitably and unsurprising... Well, inevitably and unsurprising, given Crane's reputation with the ladies, uh, there were numerous angry... Husbands and boyfriends. Wow. See, that's so. why, man, I would I never mess with a married woman or a woman's innocent involvement. I want to film that in a relationship. Still, yeah. Carpenter remained the prime suspect. Okay. Excuse me. Someone sure. who had been interviewed claimed that Crane's relationship to Carpenter had begun to show some strain, though the actual evidence of any rift was not readily available. Any physical evidence that might have tied, tied Carpenter to the crime scene was also scarce as was the motive that would have compelled him to murder his best friend. But the possibility of a loan and one bit of compelling evidence, however slim, seemed to point to Carpenter. Rumors flourished that Carpenter had borrowed 15 grand from Crane, and Crane may have been demanding repayment. Yeah, so he's breaking off the friendship and trying to pay up. I'm having a hard time understanding now. Now, nobody's talked to Crane. But how do they know what happened in that conversation with John Carpenter? That he says, "I don't want to be friends anymore." I think he. I think Carpenter te- uh, testified to that. Okay. Yeah, I think he said that he told him that uh, you know, I'm sorry, I can't. We're not going. You know, I can't live this lifestyle anymore. I'm going to try to work things out with my wife. Uh, so he goes back to L.A. 
um, which is a stupid thing because then you create a motive to yeah. tell the police. But that's that's my understanding anyway. I did the research where you guys did not. So he that's my. You have to go by my. Uh, he was holds those little tidbits mm, so that he can pierce. Act like he knows everything. Oh. So um, act like perhaps <laughs> perhaps even more compelling. The police discovered a small blood smear at the passenger side door of Carpenter's rental vehicle. Carpenter had complained about a problem with the electrical wiring with the car and had been sent to had been sent out for repairs. Uh, Scottsdale Detective Darwin Barry, God, what a horrible name, uh, inspected the vehicle and claims to have noticed a small amount of dried blood on the interior. I bet they called him Dingleberry. Probably, I doubt it. When he was a kid. Dingleberry. Uh, his Named commanding, after Charles Darwin. Mm-hmm. His, his commanding officer, Dean, ordered the car towed to the DPI compound in Phoenix. The car was examined and photographed by criminologist Brute Bergstrom, of the Arizona Department of Public Safety. Bergstrom's job was to find and process any blood or tissue evidence found in the car. And it was there that the investigation phase of the case began to fall apart even before it really got started. Hmm. The blood that was found in John Carpenter's car was eventually tested and determined to be type B, coincidentally the same blood type as Bob Crane. Carpenter's blood was a more common blood type A. Yeah, this is before... DNA testing. Type B blood was only found in slightly more than 10% of the population. Through the presence presence of the same blood type in Carpenter's car was suspicious, blood type was not a good measure of positively identifying a victim. Remember, this was before DNA testing. Oh, see? So you gave that away before I got to say it. I remember. Uh, With no other significant material evidence, the Maricopa County attorney declined to file charges. In 1992, determining that tissue collected in Carpenter's rental car matched that found at the murder scene, investigators reopened the murder case. Additionally, investigators determined that Crane had been beaten with a second tripod that was not found at the murder scene, but was featured in many of the videos. The county, the county attorney's office had determined that there was enough evidence to try Carpenter for the death of Bob Crane, so the case went to court in 1994. At the 1994 trial, Crane's son, Robert, testified that in the weeks before his father's death, Crane had repeatedly expressed a desire to sever his friendship with Carpenter. He said Carpenter had become a hanger-on and a nuisance to the point of being obnoxious. My dad expressed that he just didn't need Carpenter kind of hanging around him anymore, he said. He testified that Crane had called Carpenter the night before the murder and ended their relationship. Carpenter's attorney attacked the prosecution's case as circumstantial and inconclusive. They presented evidence, including witnesses from the restaurant where the two men had dined the evening prior to the murder, and that showed that Carpenter and Crane were still the best of friends. They noted that the murder weapon had never been identified or found. The prosecution's camera tripod theory was sheer speculation, they said, based solely on Carpenter's occupation. They disputed the claim that the newly discovered Evidence photos showed brain tissue and presented many examples of sloppy work by police, such as the mishandling and misplacing of evidence, including the crucial tissue, Jesus, the crucial tissue sample itself. They pointed out that Crane had been videotaped and photographed in compromising sexual positions with numerous women, implying that any one of them fearing blackmail might have been the killer. 
Other potential suspects proposed by the defense attorney included angry husbands and boyfriends of the seduced women and an actor, the actor who had sworn vengeance in Texas. Following a two-month-long trial, Carpenter was acquitted and would die four years later, totally maintaining his innocence in the death of Bob Crane. Though the full truth of the unsolved murder will probably never be known, rumors abound that a boyfriend or a husband of one of Crane's female co-stars is the culprit. On the night of Crane's last performance, a flat tire caused by a tampered valve stem is suspected to have been intended to strand Crane alone in the club's dark parking lot. After the trial, Robert Crane Jr. speculated publicly that Crane's widow, Patricia Olson, might have had a role in instigating the crime. Nobody got a dime out of the murder, he said, except for one person, alluding to Crane's will, which excluded him, his siblings, and his mother and left the entire state mm. to Olson. Sounds like a sour, <coughs> sour grapes to me. Right. Uh, well, but still, follow the money. <clears throat> yeah, but, I mean, uh, you know, him. there's no evidence that she was involved in that. That's just him saying she benefited from his death, but that doesn't mean anything. He repeated his suspicion in a 2014 book. Maricopa County District Attorney Rick Romley, who prosecuted the case, was not convinced and responded, we never characterized Patty as a suspect. He added that he was convinced John Carpenter murdered Bob Crane. Officially, Crane's, Crane's murder remains unsolved. Crane's life and murder were the subject of the 2002 film Autofocus, directed by Paul Schrader and starring Greg Kinnear as Crane. Love Greg Kinnear. The film, described as brilliant by Roger Ebert, portrays Crane as a happily married church-going man and popular Los Angeles disc jockey who succumbs to Hollywood celebrity lifestyle after being a television star, meets Carpenter, learns the wonder of home video, and descends into a life of strip clubs, BDSM, and sexual addiction. Scotty, Crane's son with Olsen, challenged the film's accuracy in a 2000, October 2002 review. During the last 12 years of his life, he wrote, Crane went to church three times, when I was baptized, when his father died, and when he was buried. That sounds like you, Colonel. Crane was yeah, a sex much. addict long before he came, became a star, he said, and may have begun recording his sexual encounters as early as 1956. Mm. Yeah, he had to have a Super 8 back then. I don't know what they used. In he was June, a sex addict before sex addicts were called. One of those crank cameras back then. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. In June 2001, Scotty Crane launched the website bobcrane.com. It included a paid section featuring photographs and outtakes from his father's sex films and Crane's autopsy report that, sh- that proved, he said, that the father did not have a penile implant as stated by Autofocus. Yeah, there was a lot of things in that movie that tended to be not accurate. The site has since been renamed Bob Crane, the official website, and no longer includes a paywall or controversial material. Robert? I mean, you will pay your, you know, have, uh, I think there was like crime scene photos there too yeah. of Bob, of his dad's. Well, shit, he got left out of the will. This, I, no, this, well, is his, this is his son with uh, his second wife. So I don't know. He wasn't in the will. Yeah. Well, His whatever it was. But, yeah. but, I, but my point is, that's a creepy way to make a buck off well, your dead dad. Yeah. Why would you put up your dad's sex tapes? Yeah, exactly. Ew. Uh, Bob Crane is buried at the, Westward, at the Westwood M- Village Memorial Park yeah. Cemetery in Los Angeles. Poor Bob now, Crane. Now, what I don't understand is they got the DNA samples. 
Why don't they just go back today and do a match? I think they think they got the right person. And they yeah. Just, they, you but know. he's dead, so whatever. Yeah. I think Carpenter did it. I, you know, that would be my opinion, although it wasn't the opinion of the jury at the time, apparently. But uh, It had to be a man unless it was an angry lesbian. Oh, Jesus. Because a woman couldn't swing the tripod hard enough to crush his skull. You never want unless, to piss off, and there's nothing worse than an angry lesbian. Unless it was a college softball player, female college softball player, they could crush your skull with a tripod. Randy, your comments on that? I could crush your skull with that microphone right now. That's what I mean. See, yeah. my point exactly. When you had uh, out of, uh, you know, when you had uh, road games, when you were a softball player, did you guys like share rooms and sleep in the same bed and take bubble baths? Yeah. So, what do you think about Bob Crane, Timmy? What do you think happened? I, I think he was a good guy. I liked his. Uh, I, you know, I, I didn't care too much for Hogan's heroes, but he always seemed like a nice guy to me. I didn't, um, you know, I don't, I don't begrudge the man a little uh, hanky panky. I mean, if he wants to, if that's his thing to be filmed. Uh, I, I don't. I'm camera shy myself, but you know the colonel's known to love the love the camera. I like the ca- camera. Camera doesn't like him very much, but he seems to <laughs> like it. And uh, I'm sure at some point he'll be doing Facebook Live where he is uh, disrobing. I think this is a cautionary tale, Timmy. And if we've learned anything from the Friday the 13th and Halloween movies, it's if you fuck, you die. Yeah, really. Don't have sex, uh, especially... If you're a teenager, Yeah, and somebody's going to hack you to pieces. Yeah, they will. And uh, be careful. Uh, don't, don't hitchhike. I think we've learned that. Yeah. You know, don't yep. hitchhike. But I think that that's, uh, I think that's a lesson to be learned here. And the other lesson is if you're a female uh, softball player, mm-hmm. uh, you probably take bubble baths with your teammates when you're on the road. Get done. Have pillow fights. Yeah. But they probably take the bubble baths after the pillow fights because they're all sweaty from oh, the pillow yeah. fights. And then they start, they give each other's pedicures. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Did you get a lot of pedicures, Devil? I, I currently get pedicures. You know, Renee went for a massage the other night. Feet feet are disgusting. And she was telling me how great it was. Mm -hmm. And she said it was so, this woman was so good, I gave her a $20 tip. Mm -hmm. Now you think there was a happy ending there to me? I think we discussed this before. And yes, I do think there was. As long as she gave a a tip, $20 tip. Yeah, I think that's a little sketchy myself. You think you guys really need to get out more? I mean, really, please do. Get out. Well, I've never, I, me personally, I've never had a massage. I mean, clearly, Timmy is running around place. like a bat out of hell all over the place. I am getting my <laughs> steps in so that I can live to make many, many more podcasts to make our uh, listeners' uh, life a little bit more pleasant. Have you ever thought that somebody might murder you in the street? Yes. Okay. Yes, I, I think that quite often. And Brand- you know, we got this the, this in knockout game. People, this is going around around the country. And I said this to a friend of mine that uh, it started here in Hamilton County. These this scary clown shit. Yeah, People I'm not. I'm out. not afraid of clowns. I like clowns. I think they're friendly. They juggle. I. I You're I a lying it. motherfucker. Clowns are fucking creepy as shit. No, I'm not lying. I like clowns. I, that if I that's an opinion. I can't lie about an opinion. That's well, I'll opinion. tell you this. They're going around, they're jumping out, and they're trying to scare people. And I, and I, they're and attacking I, people now. Well, and I told my son, I said, there's two things in this world that ain't ever... Fuck up a clown. There's no ca- context that is funny. And that is clowns 
and Holocaust jokes. Well, don't, I like a clown when they I get will out. fuck up a clown. I like clowns when they get out of the little car and there's like a lot yeah, of... Yeah, 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 yeah. So... Because last time Timmy went to a circus, it was 1925. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But anyway, so I tell my son, I said, there are two and things... And they act like they're going to throw a bucket of water on you and it's just confetti. Two things that ain't funny. Clowns and Holocaust jokes. me every damn time. Joke. But you know what? I ain't going to shoot anybody that jumps out of the bushes and tell me a joke about the Nazis. But some clown come jumping out of the bushes. Uh, that's what I don't get. Do they not realize how many people are armed walking around? Because I will pop a clown right up. That's I'll what pop I'm a cap in his ass. That's what I'm saying. Have you ever seen, you've seen Kings of Comedy, right? Have yeah. Have you ever seen this? And Cedric the Entertainer talking yeah. about somebody trying to sit in a seat. And I wish, mm-hmm. a motherfuck- I wish a motherfucking clown would. Yeah. I wish a motherfucker would. There's I don't no know why man. you have... No, always, seriously. There I, are a lot of clowns who are perfectly nice. They're entertainers. There are real clowns they make, they, they make They make children happy. I don't know why you guys are so anti-clown. I'm, I'm anti-clown. I, although, I have to tell you, to me, Renee's making me go on this diet. And uh, you know what's not allowed to me? What? Dairy. And you know what's not allowed in Cheese. I'm going to be part of the Anarchy Cheese Coalition with you. Fist bump. Yeah, I'm going to be part of it. You, Brandy, are going to be the weirdo. The lone holdout. Yeah, the weirdo. I, coming up very soon, am going to be skinnier than both you sons of bitches, and I'll still be eating cheese. A lot of eat cheese. You're a cheese-eating bastard. I will be a cheese-eating motherfucker. That's exactly what I'll be. Brandy, where can people find us? They can find us on the... Ah, ah, ah. You're just skipping over. Okay, I'm sorry. We have to go to our segment called Colonel's Shoutouts. The Colonel's Shoutouts. Yes. And let's start off with Colton. Colton Deeds. Mm-hmm. Hey, Colton. Angelo. Angelo's funny. Larry Trujillo. I like Larry. Larry's a good guy. Larry looks like he might be a made guy. I'm not going to say that out loud. Um, but you hear things. Yeah, ter- you hear things. Tara Venezuela. There's stuff. Yeah, there's things. Um, Monica D'Augustino. Tell me if I got that Hi, right, Monica. Monica. Tell me if I'm anywhere close to that. Of course, Jessica Williams. Um, Teresa Slavin. Let's see, you know who we got? Just a, just a lovely-looking Irish lass, Timmy. Who? Jennifer Fitzgerald. Yes. Got the yes. Irish name, the red hair. The just red hair, beautiful. Stop. Lady. Scottish. Just seems like just guy. a lovely Irish lass. Stop. She is a very Me Grandma Flanagan would love the young yeah. lady. Beautiful young lady. Young lady. Yes, she Please would. stop. So anyway, let's see who we got. Jennifer Siemens. Jennifer. Linda. What's Linda up? Milton. And Linda, her mother. Steve Fallbush. Now, I'm gonna, you gave her already one, but because the Dolphins took such a such a sodomizing. That I'm going to give one out week. to Jahara. Yeah, well, it was just last Thursday. And, of course, to the beautiful and lovely Tasha. Tasha. What's up? Amber Scoville. And a special happy birthday to Elise. Uh, our most uh, beautiful listener in Arkansas. In Arkansas, yeah. I would say she's she's at least going to be one of the most beautiful you put anywhere. But happy yes. birthday to her! Um, what do you think, Elise? About 23, 24? Uh, I think she's twenty eight. And Elise, we're sorry we missed your birthday. It's a little late, a couple days late, but I hope I hope you had a great birthday. Thank you for listening. Uh, of course, the Tiffinator, and I believe Bo ran for three touchdowns Friday night. Did he had really? A, had Again, another about one hundred ninety yards, I believe. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, the Troll Bridges. I'm just going to get you one and all and one shout out there. Um, you can't do a group shout out. The Troll Bridges. The Troll Bridge family. It's a Troll Bridge family shout out. All right. 
Patty Wooten. Patty. Angela Cobbs. Of course, Mike Birdsell and his lovely, lovely partner, Sydney. Yes. And Wonder. And Wonder, the Wonder Dog. Carlos Perez. Uh, and we'll get, you know what, we'll give her another one just to Kate McCarthy because she gets excited. Now, Andy, Andy Bali put up on our page, maybe I'm getting his name wrong. What do I have to do to get a shout out? Who do I have to kill? Now, I gave him a shout out the last one. Maybe he hasn't caught up to him. Um, Donna Curran. So Donna Curran. But anyway, Andy, there's your shout out. Donna and her grandson Chase, who is not going to grow up to be demented. Yeah, he was. She was concerned um, because we did the podcast on the Vampire of Sacramento, Richard T. Chase, mm-hmm. and she was afraid that he would be associated with that name. And I'm sure he's going to be a fine lad, and that he won't uh, set fires, kill cats, or uh, walk around wearing dresses. Yeah. Um, of course, our Insight crew, Ali and Charlie. Yes, they're going to um, do an episode on uh, Vinay, um, Brandy's grandmother. What? Yeah. <laughs> no. I'm just throwing that out there as a possibility. Oh, no. Why? Brittany and Chris Catlett. Be a great story. There's not enough stuff. And you know, Deborah, I've been getting your name wrong. It's Deborah Chapel. Hey, Deborah. So it is. Sorry if we screwed up. Well, we screwed up. Um, our own college softball player, Angie Song. Hey, Angie. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Of course, we got Bond. Gene Bond. Stephanie Quick. Stephanie. Sunstar, you need to you need to let me know. Are those two little babies that are twins on your on your profile page? He's creeping pages again. No, you, she it's a Weird profile up. picture. Okay. When she posts Sunstar, on her thing. And it looks you. like twins, and they're just beautiful little babies. Trixie. Trixie. Um, Jennifer Barnes, of course. Denny McNamara. Mm-hmm. We got a new one. Um, Amanda Fenton Bocce Ball. Hi, Amanda. We screwed up your name, I'm sure. but uh, Well, I'm you, sure it's not Bocce Ball, but that's as close as I can get on can, that. If you can correct us, we'll get it right next time or try. Um, Paul. Randy's uh, taking classes on pronunciation. Or am I? Because you just fucked up pronunciation. And I messed up Paul's last name, Mampoli. Yeah, hi, Paul, um, over there in the U.K. Adrian Meredith, Emily Skidmore. Did I say Carlos already? Yes, Carlos okay. Perez. Of course, we got the uh, we got the legal team for the colonel, uh, Nicola. Nicola Reed. And uh, my trusted associate, Jennifer Burdock. Jennifer Got uh, Jeff Chestnut down there in Dominica. Yeah. They just had a big hurricane come through there. The lovely Shannon. Shannon. Rossett. Yeah, yeah Shannon, Rossett. how are you? And, of course, the the uh, wonderful and lovely Sarah Spaghetti. Sarah? And, you know, we were talking about people who are crazy on the page, and I, you do a shout-out for her. We do not talk about how crazy people are. No, we were just before. We were talking um, about how how people are active on the page. Yes. Active on the page. crazy. Okay, but there's a couple people on there that could probably it's use some counseling. rule, is that what you're going to say? And um, while we, I appreciate... We love all of our We love people. all of our listeners. Tommy Boomershine. Tommy Boomershine, but... Cindy Lou, don't you think she could probably use a little therapy? No, Cindy Lou is a, uh, she is one of our sponsors. 
We and love she Cindy Lou. And she's iPad. very funny. She's a pirate. She's yeah, a pirate. Oh, and no, she got a peg leg. Do you and peg no, legs? she's a roller girl. Oh, she. That's what I want to say. She's a roller girl. She's. I bet she would just whip your ass, Timmy. Well, yeah, I bet sure she, she just could. throw down on you. So that's what I got, Deborah. I got Deborah Chapel. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's who we got. Um, okay, if we left, left you out, you all. Sorry. If we left you out, just yell at me on the page, and I will make sure I do. Uh, you have two other ones, and of course, I'm getting to them, Timmy. Okay, we got the lady, lev- lovely lady Beverly, and Sully, and Alexandra, and Graham, Kim um, Taylor, Kim Taylor, um, Melissa Moon Bateman. Oh yeah, Melissa Bateman. Mm-hmm. Stacy Lynn. Yes. Okay. And of course, do I need to say her name to me? Yeah, because um, yeah. Do I need to? I, because everybody knows who I'm talking about. When I say this shout out, the reason we do the show, the reason Timmy's got a Fitbit, the reason Timmy's walking thirty thousand steps a day and gonna walk himself into an early grave, the lovely, and 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 all knowing. All seeing and as sweet and kind as could be. Okay, come on, Scott. come on, Daddy yeah. Scott. Thank you, Colonel. Okay, yeah, yeah, hold on. I, I'm saying nice things about your mama, and you're trying to rush. Well, me. What's we, wrong yeah, with we, you? We gotta go. We gotta roll. Brandy, where can people find us? You can find us on Facebook. Uh, okay, at uh, we have two pages: the History Dweebs page, where we post. Sometimes we post History Dweebs, our history stuff, and then of course uh, our group, the History Dweebs podcast page. It's a group you can join and many of the people we've mentioned here are part of that group and we would love for have you to have you as a member of that group as well. So join us at History Dweebs, the podcast. Where else? iTunes. Do? iTunes. Please leave us a review. We got um, three nice reviews recently. Uh, so I want to thank the folks who did that. A special thank you. Um, we got one really, really nice review. We got really three reviews. Really nice reviews lately, but um, Angie K, who left us a nice review, thank you very much. And Ironfawn 401, another very nice review, thank you very much. And then um, Call for a Crazy from Dayton left us a nice review, so thank you and all. And that's really how you could really help us is leaving reviews on iTunes because it helps people find us. Yes. So yes, thank you very much. And we're on Twitter at History Dweebs One. And you can find us on most uh, podcast um, apps, uh, such as Stitcher. So we're going to get out of here. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next time on History Dweebs. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Good day. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode, and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. 
And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.